Welcome to the Spiritual Father Podcast. I am Father Adam Carrico, and this homily was recorded on August 19th for the 20th Sunday in Ordinary Time, 11 a.m. Mass at St. Patrick Catholic Church, Louisville, Kentucky. The readings can be found at usccb.org forward slash Bible forward slash readings. There you will also find links to listen to the readings and watch video reflections on the readings. I encourage you to check those out. Thank you for listening. Enjoy. Children certainly are a precious gift, and we celebrate that today uh, in the sacrament of baptism. Thank you, parents and godparents, for being here and supporting uh, your child to help them uh, say yes as they grow uh, in years uh, to, to learn about our Lord and Savior, uh, to develop their love for Him. Children don't just find faith. They are brought up in it. Uh, they are raised in it, and so we, we do that here and they are a most precious gift indeed. I should be able to speak to continue our, our uh, discussion of the Bread of Life discourse, John chapter 6, uh, the great chapter which Catholics go to time and again to look for reassurance of the true presence in the Eucharist, body, blood, soul, and divinity, laid out there in John chapter 6. The entire chapter is uh, just scene after scene, line after line, reassurance of what we do here is truly what Christ uh, asked us and indeed commanded us to do in remembrance of him. We uh, have faith in that. In fact, John in his gospel, he doesn't even have a Last Supper. He puts all of his Eucharistic theology there much earlier on in the sixth chapter of his gospel. The other gospels wait a little while. John, front and center. We want to, to make sure uh, that uh, we understand what Christ has come to do. In fact, the Greek word uh, for eat that John uses in his gospel that is used elsewhere in reference to the Eucharist, eat here is not simply just kind of like, you know, nibble or, or snack. It's more of the, the word gnaw, as in a dog does with a bone, or devour, take this and devour my flesh is really more along the lines of what John is trying to convey, of truly what Christ is trying to convey, which makes it a little bit more real and visceral, I think, if we think of it in terms of devouring the flesh of Christ. And I don't think he can be much more clear. If you don't eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you will not have eternal life within you. I would love to go on about this most precious gift of the church. As I said, we have two, and one is only really, only slightly, I think, more important than the other. The second most precious gift are our children that we are given uh, to form, uh, that we support the families in their vocation to raise Christian children. Uh, We educate thousands, millions of children throughout the world. We are entrusted with that great gift. And I take it for certain that Matthew and his gospel meant when he had Jesus saying, it would be better for a millstone to be wrapped around the neck of one who causes one of these little ones to sin, for a millstone to be wrapped around his neck and for him to be thrown into the sea than to cause one of these little ones to sin. I was told after well, it was kind of, it was mentioned after the last Mass. Father, you can talk about God's wrath a little bit more. Well, I, I think it's pretty clear. Matthew makes it pretty clear 
don't cause the little ones to sin. And yet here we are again. Why are we here again? For those who, who haven't seen, the, the grand jury in Pennsylvania has come out with a number of accusations, in all of them having been quite a while in the past, but still quite upsetting, quite uh, unnerving, really. We live in the shadow of these events. And unfortunately, men in power did not have the courage 20 years ago, or more, really, to go ahead and say, we need accountability for this. Instead, we've waited for whatever reason, and here we go again. We all, each of us in our own way, have, have lived in the shadow of this reality for quite some time, myself included, having grown up in St. Aloysius Parish, just years missing one of the most prolific offenders from the Archdiocese of Louisville, just barely, barely missing that. And I do want to say, for anyone here who has suffered abuse, sexual, physical, emotional, or even spiritual, that I want you to talk to someone. Talk to one of us. Talk to a trusted friend. In these times when all of these reports begin to come out, it could be very, well, difficult for all of us. Even more difficult for those who have suffered personally. And we have to figure out what we are to do. I think in our culture, there is this uh, intense need for us to solve the problem, for us to do something to make it better. But really, truly, what, what can we do? What can we do? It has been offered to me as a suggestion, a former seminarian uh, who I studied with, not of the archdiocese, a different diocese, and no longer associated with the church. But he suggested, Father, you have power. You should refuse to say Mass until something happens. I don't know if I want to deprive you, my sisters and brothers, of the one most precious gift that the church has to offer because of the failings of others. I don't think that's necessarily the way. Another suggestion has been made that we have Mass, but that the lay faithful come forward and not receive the Eucharist. Instead, to, to weep tears of mourning, to weep tears of anger, I don't know. That's for you to decide. But each of us is confronted with this need, I think, to do something. We have to do something. And I want to reassure you, even though words hardly even begin to do justice. And knowing that, I hope you see in my actions the reality of this. But my sisters and brothers, I swear to you, I swear, if I thought that this was continuing to happen, if I thought there was any possibility that this was continuing to happen, I would not be standing here. The priests of the Archdiocese are not perfect. I'm not perfect. I think I've made that pretty clear as I've opened myself up to you. We're not perfect. We've made mistakes, and I'm sure some of you are thinking of some examples. But we have dealt with it. We have dealt with those crimes, those difficulties, 
those situations. And we have been trained from the moment we entered seminary, 10 years ago. Gentlemen, this cannot happen again. From the very core of our training, we have been trained, brought up to protect the Eucharist and to honor our children. Deacon, would you die for those that you were sworn to protect? Absolutely. I will. I'd rather die than to see the Eucharist mishandled, misused, and the same for our little ones. I would rather die. So I swear to you, it, it will, there will be instances, but we hopefully, I know, at least in this diocese, as far as I'm concerned, we're not going to see this like this again. But what are we to do? What are we to do as we move forward? And I offer you a suggestion. The church has a long-standing tradition as to what to do in times of trouble, in times of crisis, in times of anger and frustration. And it's really pretty simple. We fast, we pray, and we give alms. Fast, pray, and give alms. And you may be sitting there thinking, Father, what did I do? Nothing. You're still a sinner, such as I. But in this instance, you haven't done anything. You're not part of this. But the suffering and the sacrifice of the righteous for the salvation of the church goes much further than the suffering and sacrifices of the guilty. If we look to the prophet Jonah, as he's making his way through the city of Nineveh, proclaiming the destruction of that city, he preaches to the people. The king repents. The king puts on sackcloth and ashes. He calls the rest of the people, all the men, the women, and the children, to repent, to fast, and to wear ashes as well. They didn't all do anything. The king was taking uh, the, the, the brunt of it. But the people fasted as well, and their city was saved. You know who else fasted? The sheep, the ox, and all the cattle as well. They certainly had nothing to do with the sins of their leaders, but they fasted, they had their part. My sisters and brothers, the church is in danger. The church is being misrepresented because of this. And there are those from the inside who have not done what they promised, swore to do. There is danger ahead. There's an incident, and, and I, I personally haven't uh, experienced much, but there was one instance. I was in seminary at a friend's house. An acquaintance came over with their child. And you know, as you do, you greet the child. And straight, point blank, stay away from my child. I, we're in the middle of someone's living room, and I'm not that. But I don't tell you to cause you to feel sorry for me. I know what I was getting into, but I didn't expect this to happen like this again. But here we are. Here we are, my sisters and brothers, and we as children, as adopted children of Jesus Christ, 
we go to our mother. So if you'd like, I have a prayer card. Uh, our Holy Fathers, um, uh, most favorite Marian apparition, devotion, by the way, skip my mind. His words in response to this, these actions, sorrow and disgust. Sorrow and disgust. He says, I am on the side of the victims, and so should we all be. But our, our Holy Father, he, he, he asked us to, to pray, uh, to ask the intercession of Our Lady, undoer of knots. Undoer of knots. And in this image of her, she is just simply sitting there, untying knot after knot after knot. And for those of us, many of us, I am certain, who feel tangled up inside because of this, who don't know exactly what to do, I say, let's ask for her intercession. Let's pray to her. Let's pray for her intercession. Let's ask her to ask her son to save his church. I'll have these prayer cards in the back after Mass if you would like to join me in praying this devotion to Our Lady Undoer of Knots. And with that, sisters and brothers, we move forward. We pray, we fast, we give alms, and we ask Almighty God to have mercy on his bride, the Church. I hope you have enjoyed this homily and have gained something from it. For more from Spiritual Father, please visit spiritualfather.org, where you will find other homilies, blog articles, social media posts, as well as links to various projects. Thank you for the support. May our Lord and Savior bless you this day and every day to come.